0: Are you ready to write? Do you want to learn what it takes to create a writing career? Then tune in and take notes because on Simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life. Let's go! Hello there, this is Polly and you're listening to Simply Write with Polly, the podcast where we talk about creating a writer's career and living a writer's life. And uh, you know, a big part of that is dealing with rejection. You've probably heard it if you've dabbled in this profession at all, if you've ever tried to get published or you've showed anything you've written to someone else There's a certain risk involved there and it has to do with how we feel and deal with rejection and that's what we're going to get into today because I think it's an important thing to take an assessment to decide if this is an aspect of the profession you can and want to handle because it's a big part of the job but it doesn't have to be one that sabotages you along the way. We can learn to deal with rejection. And we're going to talk about some ways to do that today. You know, back in the day when I was still in college during the Paleolithic period, I was studying journalism. And one aspect of my magazine journalism class was we had to research an article. We had to write a query or a pitch letter to a magazine. Back in the day, you sent those out you know, you typed them on on regular manuscript paper. You sent them out with a self-dressed stamped envelope to the magazine after you'd done research through Writers Market and all those other places. There, there was no internet, and so uh, it was just the beginning of all that. But it wasn't something that I used uh, until probably within the next five or six years at all after I graduated. So, all this was done by hand and on paper. And we had to write a pitch, send it out to the magazine, and then write the article, whether we got the assignment or not. But the goal, of course, was to sell the assignment, was to be the one in that small group of magazine journalists who actually uh, sold the assignment and... Published the article. I was not that one. I will tell you that. I was the first one to get my query out. And like every idea I send, I think it's genius. I think it's brilliant. (laughs) And of course, I'm joking. They're not, but I really feel that when I send an idea out. And I think you have to have a little bit of that kind of moxie. But I was the first one to get my pitch out. I was the first one to get a response from the editor. And they basically sent my pitch back and wrote a big sorry on top in red Sharpie. And that was the rejection I got. And of course, we had to share, you know, our, our result with the class. So uh, I learned firsthand how fast and furious those rejections were going to come over the course of my year. Of course, I've gotten dozens, probably scores more. I I got uh, nearly 50 on the first book before I found a publisher. So I'm here to tell you that it is part of the job, but you can also weather it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And it's time for the dailies, where I give you a quick hit of what my daily schedule looks like. So you can think about yours, like I've said a billion gazillion times, there's no right or wrong way to create a daily schedule for your writing work. Um, But it's also not always about writing, and I think people uh, get caught up, and and I've heard people be disappointed when they finally get out of their day job or whatever it is they're dealing with and dedicate their schedule full time to writing. They're surprised really how much time they don't spend writing. But if you want to create a sustainable career um, where you get to write regularly and publish regularly, there's a bunch of other stuff to do. So the dailies for me today, what's that look like? Well, I have a physical therapy appointment. I've scheduled that around my lunch break. I got up at 5 this morning to make up for that time I'm missing, and I got my column written for the Simply Write dot substack.com if you want to join our community there you can do that and see my weekly column and get event info and tip sheets for subscribers and subscribers can also leave comments and ask for feedback on the work so if you're interested in that go to simplywrite.substack.com I wrote that column today but it'll come out next Monday I actually did a quick draft of that I'm doing a little research on a client I want to work with. You've been hearing me do this a lot lately. The business has changed quite a bit, and I'm looking for some new custom opportunities, custom writing, where I work with a a dedicated client or company um, to help them establish their brand through content marketing. So I'm doing some research. It has to be the right situation for me, Uh, and I've been in some conversations, and I want to check in about that again. I will also write the podcast for Simply Said for next week so I can begin thinking about that and check um, on my Psychology Today blog, which went up, and I've got a pitch letter in the works, so I'll be working on a new idea. And those are the dailies rejection. That's our topic for today in the craft section of Simply Write because it's a huge part of doing the job. As a professional writer, you're going to hear about it. And even if you get the piece published, some editors can have a comment. They'll want to change things significantly along the way. In many cases, it'll come out and you'll get a review online that breaks your heart. People like to complain, whine, review, criticize, especially the people who are not out there doing it stuffed. however most of the rejections you're going to get are going to be from people in the know editors publishers agents right beta readers these are going to be people who get a hold of your stuff and might feel sometimes like the gatekeepers these are the editors and publishers and agents who will decide if your stuff ends up in print or in an online publication or literary journal, right? There's lots of places to publish, but there are people who decide what can go in those places. And sometimes they decide it's not our stuff. Sometimes they feel like our work isn't ready, or the market can't sustain it, or whatever it is. Rejection is a huge part of this job, and it happens all the time. So I think from the get go, you need to learn how to deal with it. And it doesn't mean it ever has gotten easy for me, but it's also no longer a problem at all. In fact, I adjusted really quickly to this because I understood that so often it had nothing to do with me. It was whatever was going on in the market, whatever was going on in the magazine, whether they had other articles like that in the queue. There's a hundred billion Brazilian variables that often have nothing to do with us and that can help it still stings right because our goal is to get our work published and because writing is so personal it's unlike any other job you know when something doesn't go my husband's way at work or uh people want to see a different approach from him or whatever it very rarely feels personal it's more like hey would you also get in the lab and and Take care of this kind of stuff because he's a scientist there's a formula there's a protocol they follow writing there's not that so even when we're writing uh technical stuff website content marketing stuff It feels personal because it didn't exist until we put it out there on the page. It was nowhere. So we invented it. And that has to come within, from our efforts, our physical and emotional and mental efforts, researching, writing, learning what we need to do to craft the sentences. But it also comes from our emotional, personal side where we are offering something of ourselves. Writing is a personal process no matter what you're writing. It comes from our brain. And when our work is rejected or deemed unpublishable for whatever reason, and often we don't know why, but for whatever reason, it's really easy to take it personally, to feel like we're not smart enough, we're not good enough. And that's where we start with rejection. Don't go there. Don't make it personal. And in the very beginning in particular, and sometimes still now, although I will tell you that if you're paying attention in your career and you create a sustainable career, the number of rejections you leave will drop down because you'll learn and you'll develop context um, within within the business so people will come to you and ask for your work and your selections. You'll get better, right? So the number, if you're working Consistently over the years, the number of rejections you get will go down, and yet still you're going to get a ton. So it's good to know from the outset how to manage this. Now, start with that. Can you handle it? If you're really hard on yourself all the time, if you're not good at rejection, if getting a no, turns you upside down, if you honestly think you're the most brilliant writer on the planet and nobody's ever going to reject you, those are warning signs to me that maybe you want to look at this writing thing a different way. Maybe you want to write for yourself or your family. Maybe you're not uh, in in the mood or the place where it's a good time to start sending your work out for publication. Because I will tell you what, if you want to get into the comparison game, there's always someone better. Always. Now, those of us who make it in the business really look at those things. And while there might be some professional envy, they really respect the people that are better than us. And we read them and we get to know them and we learn from them so that our work can get better too. Um, it's not a situation where I ever sit down and think, oh, I've, I've aced this. I am now an official writer. I'm the best in the business. That's not how it works. There's always a different take on writing. It's so subjective. There's always something to learn, to practice, to improve, to change. And it's just when you get comfortable in your own style and your own story, that it's a good idea to also try some other things. You know, I, I, Became uh, fairly consistently successful with nonfiction. I wrote hundreds of magazine pieces and did a lot of content marketing, wrote several books. And I decided I want to still get better as a writer. And I entered the podcast realm, began writing podcasts and speeches and those kind of things. And I'm also uh, playing with fiction as an experiment to improve my craft because I think they all inform each other. If that's not you, you may want to pick a new profession right on the side for fun, for a hobby, but not strive for publication. Because if you want to be a published writer and you want to create a sustainable career, you're going to take some hits. Now, if that doesn't phase you, if that doesn't surprise you, if you can weather that, then go for it. Know that that's part of the profession and it's not the end of the world. And rejection is absolutely something we can learn from. All right, how do we do that? How do we learn to live with rejection and process it in a way that helps us keep going forward and continuing our writing career? First of all, I think it's important to understand that just because I know how to manage it better, it doesn't mean it's awesome. <laughs> I don't love it when people say, no way, I'm never going to publish this, or no thank you, or there's no market for that, or we don't need your writing right now, or you know, this part doesn't work for us, so we need to edit that or change that around. I don't love it. I want to send out my work, have glowing reviews, have people paying me a billion dollars for everything I write. And so you're the best writer we've ever seen. I mean, don't we all want that? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, we want that in every job, in every relationship. We want people to like what we're doing. And that's why rejection hurts so much. In fact, there's a lot of research on this, uh, particularly out of the University of California, Los Angeles, and the social psychologist, Naomi Eisenberger. I write about her work in my book, How to Live an Awesome Life. And what she has learned through her research is when we are rejected, when we fail, when we get into that kind of sense where we feel like we make a mistake and as a result we're not good enough or somebody doesn't want us to belong, you know, that kind of rejection feels like a social rejection. It threatens our sense of self and our sense of belonging. We all want to fit in, right? We all want to be the best at at what we're doing. And when we're not feeling that, rejection activates the two parts of our brain that are involved in processing physical pain. So when you're rejected by a date, by an editor, by an agent, we get our feelings hurt and it hurts physically. It can feel really icky. It's like taking a hit. I I sometimes tell people, I feel like I just got kicked, right? It's like taking a hit. But what happens because those physical parts of our brain that are activated when we're in physical pain, also activate when we are feeling rejected, then our brain also releases natural painkillers into the body, just as it would if we got slapped or kicked in the stomach. So it's a real physiological phenomenon, and it's accurate. If you get rejected by an editor, you're probably going to feel bad. The physical reaction to emotional pain is part of our evolutionary wiring right? We were dependent, and I think we still are, to connect with one another, to be part of the group, to feel like we belong. If you're cast out in tribal days, your chances of surviving alone we're a lot worse, right? So we want to do things that make us feel like we belong, that we're part of the group. So when an editor or agent comes back and says, no, this isn't good enough, or this doesn't work for us, or you have a lot of revisions to do, or whatever it is, we are evolutionary wired to feel pain. So how do we deal with that? Well, there's a few ways. And because it activates our... Uh, Pain centers are pain receptors, right? One of them is we can take an aspirin. Isn't that crazy? There is some evidence that a pain reliever can actually help us deal with the pain of rejection. But I think the better way and the way I approach The threat of rejection and the rejections when they come down is to learn how to manage and how to act in a way that keeps me going forward. And we're going to talk about some strategies for doing that when we come back on Simply Write with Polly on the Creators Network of ElectroCast. And we are back on Simply Write with Polly. And today we're talking about rejection. It's part of any writer's life, particularly a publishing life. And it happens to the best of us. And that's one of the ways we're getting through, right? I always remember that writers, much better writers than me, have also been rejected. And you can search up some great rejection letters on the internet and find you know find prominent authors like Charles Dickens and the rejection notes that were sent to him. So, I touched on it before, the way to cope with rejection is really to not take it personally. Now, that's hard going, right? Because writing is personal no matter what kind of writing you do. You're inventing it. It's coming from all your knowledge and research and ability to translate that information and interpret that information for an audience of readers. So it is personal. It's personal work. But the best thing you can do when a rejection comes your way is to not take it personally. It could be the editor or agent was just having a bad day. It could be your work isn't good enough and they offer some really concrete ways to fix it. It could be that they already have five articles on that same topic in the queue. All those things have happened to me. So the best way to deal with rejection is to take it with a grain of salt. Now it hurts physically and emotionally, we talked about it, because rejection activates the same parts of the brain that process our physical pain. So you're going to feel a pain and sometimes that disappointment is gonna be bigger than others. Sometimes the rejection is really gonna hurt. And you need to know still it's not about you and you can get through it. Now, in some cases, you will get good feedback from an editor, from an agent, and they will give you specific things you can do to improve your pitch, to improve your manuscript, to improve your article. If it's constructive, take that advice. These are people that theoretically have worked in the industry a long time and if nothing more they see lots of writing. If they're telling you how you can improve and that makes sense to you, take that advice. There's no place for arrogance in writing. There's just not room for it because the very best thing you can do is take any of the constructive feedback you get because so often you won't get any. You'll just get a flat out rejection. Take anything that's helpful and put it to work immediately. That's the other way I suggest people deal with rejection. Do something immediately. Feel the disappointment, feel the sting, complain about it for five minutes, and then get back to work and take action. So when I get rejections on my magazine pitches, which happened all the time, and I'm I'm telling you with a great deal of confidence, if you keep at it and you keep practicing and you keep publishing and you keep writing and working with different people, the numbers of rejections you get will drop substantially. In the beginning, I got tons of rejections. Now I very rarely get any, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. So when I get any feedback, sometimes an editor will say, no, not good enough, we don't want this, or we'd like to see more of this angle. Then make that change. Make the writing better and make the writing better to the audience you want to publish for. If you've written a great piece of work for a magazine or an essay, but it's not the kind of stuff readers want to read for that particular magazine, if it doesn't fit the magazine's demographic, you're not going to publish in that magazine. Because the magazine, the essay, the anthology, the, the literary magazine Those are products for an audience. They not only want good writing, but they're reaching a select audience of people who read their work. If you write a women's health article about how to lose weight for a firefighter training magazine, and I've written both for appropriate magazines, but for a firefighter's training magazine, they're going to reject you outright. So take the insight and information you can to prepare the best material, the best pitch possible. Know the market you're writing for and you will decrease your chance of rejection. But in the case, in the event that you do get feedback from an editor, from a publisher, from an agent, listen to it. Then decide what to incorporate because these people are professionals and often if you get the right one, they're going to make your work better and they're going to create a better opportunity for you to publish. So a rejection can also be a source of some great information that will help you improve your work. Ask questions when you can, that's not always possible. And if they give you any feedback at all, thank them for the feedback, take it. And if it makes sense and fits, put it into the piece. Now, if it's a flat out form letter, or uh, I'm sorry, or we have five in the works, then one way to cope with that rejection is to retool it and send it right back out that day for another market, or to improve the chapter, or to read through the notes and then take a break and go for a walk or do something else and mull over the notes that you get. Because Not all of them are going to be useful. Some of them are going to be personal or feel personal. Some of them are going to be just because the editor was having a bad day that day or she's getting pressure from above to make a change. Whatever it is, you have to weigh that. But my suggestion is to use what you can to improve your writing and then to discard the rest. And take action the day the rejection comes down. Record a small win. So if you get feedback from an agent no thank you or I'm not responding sometime you won't get any feedback at all and after about 6 or 8 weeks I do it even earlier you can touch back with them and say hey you know I'm just following up on this and if you don't hear send it out again but each time Take a look and see what works and see if you can improve it because writing is so subjective. Often as we're working on this process, we see ways to make it better. When I started getting my initial rejections on my first book, Each time I got a rejection, I went back and looked at my proposal, which was about 60 pages long for a nonfiction book. And I looked at different segments and I improved it and I added things. And as I did that, my idea, my concept for the book gained clarity. So by the time I did make a sale, by the time I did sell that book, I was ready to write it in a way stronger than before because I knew it better. So give time. The rejections are painful, but they're useful if they come from the right people. Take and use what you can. And then the day the rejection comes down, tweak the query or pitch and send it out to the next market. Or write your next short story. Or draft your next proposal. Or whatever. Do something that anchors you back to the writing. Because the writing is what this is all about. Continue to improve, continue to write, continue to work. The external rewards and rejections are things we often can't control. But we can get better. And when we do, we will minimize the numbers of rejections we receive and increase the possibilities we have to publish. One way to build resilience is not only practice, and again, The more rejections you receive, the more practice you're getting, right? But it's to remember that we've survived difficult things before, we've published before, or we will keep going, we won't quit. That builds resilience. This is like a skill, a muscle that with practice we get better. So don't let the rejection floor you. Notice it, feel the disappointment, and then take action. Take the next right action in the direction you want to go. And if you decide you don't want to deal with it, that's fine. You don't have to do this. This is a choice. But if you're in it for the long haul, if you want to be a professional writer, it's better to get comfortable with rejections, to learn how to use it, to become more resilient so we can use the clues within it to improve our work. I was at an author luncheon one time in the before times when I got all dressed up and went out and I got to sit next to the great author and patch it. And I asked her the question, does it ever get easier? At this point, I hadn't yet published my first book. And she had many, many award-winning books to her name. And she was working on her next one and was about to propose it to her agent. And she was talking about how nervous she felt. And I thought, you're a multiple best-selling author with fans all over the world. You've published many, many books. And what? You're still getting nervous that this might not be good enough or it might be turned away? And I... Ask her about that, and she said that truly, she is only as good as her last book. But what she tries to do is have a dialogue with her agents and with her editors. So if they don't like the idea behind it, it's not a complete shutdown. If they think, if they give her notes on a passage that that they think could be improved or changed, there's a discussion about that, so she can understand, and then she weighs it whether that's she's willing to make the change, whether she has a better idea, whether that's something she wants to incorporate in her work. So I thought that was interesting. If authors like Ann Patchett are still getting rejected or turned back or notes, we are in very good company. That brings us to what's in the desk today. And have I already talked about this? Because today I'm talking about my Twisby Eco fountain pen. I love it. I'm learning about fountain pens a little bit because I really like to write on paper by hand I do my morning pages that way I make notes I keep my calendar that way I find that that's a really soothing but interesting way to access some of the thoughts of my brain from time to time I also do most of my work on the computer so I go back and forth but it's a nice change of pace plus I can take it on the road right I can I can easily go out and sit by the fireplace with just a notepad and a pen and and feel more connected to my surroundings I like it so in that venture, I'm learning a little bit about fountain pens. And I don't have, I saw one the other day for $7,000. Nope, that's not me. <laughs> I do not have that. But I have a couple of good ones for around 20 bucks, And I have one that I really like that's 5 bucks. So they're out there if you're interested in exploring. And this one is one of my favorite. It's called the Twisby Eco Fountain Pen. And the reason why I like it is because it's it's a demonstrator converter pen, which means it's got a clear barrel, which means... I've got ink sloshing around in there and I can see it. And I have a yellow cap and then I have bright green ink in the barrel that I can see sloshing around. And uh, yellow and green, go Ducks. Love my Twisby Eco. That's what's in the dusk. All right, let's go into the week now and get writing. Listen, rejection is part of the job, but you can choose how you respond to it. You can let it throw you and force you into emotional turmoil and upset, or you can feel the disappointment and then take the next right best action and get your work published. And the great writer Jane Yolen says it this way, if you give up at the first rejection or the first bad review... You will never make it in publishing. But I think we can make it. If you decide you want to craft a career in writing, then sit down, writers, and simply write. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful